This is a National Arts Center podcast. Welcome to the We Love Canadian Music Podcast. I'm your host, NEC Presents Executive Producer, Heather Gibson. We Love Canadian Music brings you up-close and personal interviews with Canadian musicians on far-ranging topics from life on the road to the artists they find most inspiring. Join us every two weeks for a new interview. So I'm here with Amanda Martinez. How are you? I am great. Very happy to be here. And uh, you are on your way to a sold-out show in the studio. Yes. You and your band. Yeah. Yeah. And and what is that? Four-piece? Five-piece? It's actually going to be uh, our five-piece plus two guests. Tonight. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. And who's guesting? Um, Donna Roberts, um, Canadian, originally um, Malagasy uh, singer-songwriter and guitarist, Juno mm-hmm. award-winning guitarist, and uh, Ottawa's very own Kelly Lee Evans. Oh, nice. Yeah. And you've known Kelly Lee for a while, or is this a new thing? Yeah, we've been friends for many years, actually around the first time when we both put out our first album. Right. Yeah. Now, so for people who aren't familiar with you, um, tell us, you, you live in Toronto? I do, yeah. And born and raised? Born and raised, yes. And you sing in Spanish? Yeah, my dad is uh, from Mexico, and my mom's South African, but we I grew up um, going down to Mexico a lot for the holidays and right. really soaking up the music from there. Right. It's the Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so do you do you um, sing, or do you sing and play? I mostly sing. Right. Yeah, actually, I didn't bring my guitar, but I, I'm leaving that to Kevin. Sometimes I'll pull out the guitar and... and uh, do my very basic right. <laughs> Mexican strumming. <laughs> so, and uh, where where in Mexico? Um, my dad is from a small town outside of Mexico City called Pachuca Hidalgo, and uh, it's like an industrial town. Right. And uh, and I always love to tell the story of how he um, came to Canada. He actually uh, rode his bicycle. He and his brother were the very first people that um, cyclists that made the journey from Mexico to Canada on bicycle back in 1956. Is that a, is that a common thing now? Um, you said the very first. It sounded like there's like a whole <laughs> bunch of people, people on it. Well, <laughs> is that something that happened? Like I, no one had ever done it before. Right. And um, there have been like really trips since. In fact, um, a few years ago, a gentleman that was inspired by um, my dad's story, there yeah. was a documentary made and uh, he saw it and he's he, for his 70th birthday, he went from Toronto to Mexico um, by bicycle. Wow. Yeah. Is that something that you want to do? Uh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> how many, do you know how many miles that is? I'm trying to think of what that might be. No, I don't know. I should know that. I know that it took them 83 days, but I don't know oh, exactly wow. how many. How what an adventure that must have been. Yeah. And they would have been, in 1956, that would have been through some pretty rough terrain. Exactly, yeah. You know, and some, some side roads, I think there might have been maybe one interstate at that point. Yeah. That long ago. Be a, be a very different trip now. Uh, yeah, and it's funny because um, my my late uncle, who went with my dad, his daughter's a director in Mexico, and she made this documentary called Ciclo where she takes the two brothers back in their 70s and they go through that same 
um, path, but by car, right. and partly by bicycle, sure. they bring their bikes and just see how how drastically everything has changed and how they see life differently and their path. Yeah. yeah. So is that your favorite part of Mexico? Is there somewhere else that you'd you'd say to people, you, if you're going to go the first time, here's where you should go? Oh, yeah. No, actually, I haven't spent a lot of time in Pachuca, but um, my parents have a little place in Acapulco mm-hmm. up in the mountains. Um, I was there recently, but my favorite place is uh, Oaxaca. Um, which is like very known for for its artwork and its, its artists. It's it's really beautiful and they make incredible food and it's very colorful and a lot of visual white artists. Walls, a lot of visual artists there right. as well, and um, uh, also from um, Lila Downs, one of my favorite uh, Mexican artists, um, is, is from there as well. So how often do you get back? Um, well, not as often as I would like. Right. I have um, three kids now, right. and um, so it's not as easy to travel. Like, I can't just pick up and go with all of them. <laughs> It'd yeah. be very expensive. Like, <laughs> my husband and I are both musicians, so um, so it was a big deal for us to go as a family this past, uh, we went in February this mm-hmm. year. Um, but I have done some concerts down in Mexico just on my own um, with my band in Mexico City and in um, a place called Tepotzlan. Um and you've you've performed all over the world. Is, is that right? Um, yeah, not everywhere, but right. I, <laughs> not literally all yeah, over the yeah, world. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But um, I have I have done some exciting um, adventures. I was touring uh, with Jesse Cook, mm-hmm. um, and I was able to go down to Dubai. That I think is the most exotic place that I've been to. And then also. Um, to South Africa, I went with my band to perform at the World Cup back in 2010. That must have been something. Yeah, I had only heard about South Africa, where my mom's from, and it was like it was very uh, emotional to be there. And the opening game was between um, uh, for the FIFA World Cup was between Mexico and South Africa. So oh, I had written this song wow. as a tribute to my parents, and then to see all these like Mexican flags and South African flags, it was like yeah, it was. It's crazy. Is it? Is it? Does is it as much of a circus as it seems? That whole affair of of the FIFA World Cup. I mean, is it sort of the? I mean, I'd been to the Olympics doing that with an artist before, and it was just it felt like a circus. Of you kind of had to keep with where you were supposed to be, or else I felt like you could just be lost. Like, yes, the- <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it was crazy. It was pretty crazy and lots of security. But I, I felt a lot safer than I thought. I would there. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't think I, I I don't I wasn't thinking that you'd feel unsafe. It was just sort of it felt like there was just so much going on. Yeah. And so many people and you know all kind of moving in the same direction, yeah. which is <laughs> you need to move with them. Yeah, or else like get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, things totally. are Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very cool. And but but you say Dubai is the most exotic you've been to, you think? Yeah, or the maybe the furthest place that I've been to. Um Did you like it? Um Is I, exotic good? Did you, did you yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was interesting the feel for Dubai because it's it felt very. Um, uh, I, I guess I wasn't there for that long, but mm. for the parts that I was there, where a friend of mine had moved down there and she took me around, and there are all of it's everything just felt like almost manufactured. Like there right. wasn't that sense of of history so much until I went into the older part, and that was my favorite part, which. Um, she brought me to last. Right. Um, but, and um, you were like, why wasn't I here the yeah, whole time? Yeah, like, <laughs> I can see big malls and like in Toronto. Um, but yeah, but they're like very proud of like, this is the highest tower here and this is higher right. than Sierra Tower and everything's kind of like just a bit better than everything else. Right. Um, a lot of measuring going on. Yes, yes. Right. right. So do you think, does have your travels influenced your music or is it mostly, do you feel like you're mostly influenced by family and the people who are around you? 
I think so. I, when I'm songwriting, um, I'm usually in my my home space, so I'm kind of just inspired by what's actually going on in my life. But I do, um, I, I did write a song that's actually on the new album that we're um, launching tonight. <laughs> it's kind of like a pre-launch before it comes out um, right. officially. But uh, I, I was down in uh, Namibia, mm-hmm. uh, Africa, in 2015 with um, SOS Children's Villages, and I I wrote a song there, and it really was inspired from being there. Like I'm like I'm not leaving until I have written <laughs> the song, right. and that did come to me like when I was just like on one of my last days and um, and outside and just taking in everything, and that definitely wouldn't have. Now, did I read I that that home. song? Maybe you're speaking to another one, but did I read that that song was also influenced by a woman that you met there? Was her children or something? It was a. I read something about about your trip there. That yes. SOS really having an influence on you. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been sort of a, um, a musical ambassador for for SOS and letting people know what what SOS moms do. So um, for Mother's Day, they sent me down to actually live with a family. And the SOS mom left, and I was there to take over, and they filmed it to see, like, what right. one goes through. And so, I, yeah, I was very inspired by by the family itself and just seeing how all of these kids that weren't necessarily from the same original parents, but they were really, like, this cohesive family that was, like, just loved each other and was so grateful to, to have, like, so many basic things that we take for granted mm. and to see how these kids... You know, where I at home, I see how my kids was, like can fight so much, and these kids were just like enjoying right. each other with so much less, right. and like not all these like latest video games or, or anything. Like they had hardly anything. They were just playing outside and just hanging out and just, um, and yeah, I was very inspired by by that. So, do you want to talk about that a second? So, what is SOS Children? What is that? So, it's an organization that um, really tries to keep um, families together. Um, and by that I mean um, a lot of um, children ha- have lost their parents for various reasons. Like their parents might still be alive but just aren't capable of taking care of them anymore or they may have lost them um, for other reasons. And so they've seen how when kids are left without their siblings, it can be extremely traumatizing and help and, and hard for them to to grow up in a healthy way. So they try and keep those brothers and sisters together um, through a program that puts them with an SOS mom. So these are moms that are paid to actually look after the kids as if they were their own and they stay with the family um, or the children until they go off and are ready to, or are adults. is so, it worldwide, or is it just happened that you were in Africa? It's not just an African. No, yeah, it's world. It's worldwide. It's worldwide. Yeah, right. um, but this particular village um, is run by the Canadian um, part of SOS Children's Villages. That's funded by by Can- uh, Canada, and um, so I had that chance to go down and actually see it. See right. this like little village where. Um, where these uh, families stay. And also when I was in Mexico, I had the chance to go down and, and meet a family there as well. And so is that, um, I'm always curious when people, um, how did you get involved with that? Is it something that you, you personally were interested in or a friend pointed you in that direction? Or how did that happen? Um, you know what? I was getting, like, I guess as an artist, I often get asked to perform at these different right. fundraisers and there's only so much that you can do. Um, so I thought I'd love to work with an organization that, I feel strongly about and I can put more time into. Um, so I started researching um, different organizations and this one really appealed to me um, 
because it dealt with families. And to me, family is something that's been um, kind of a strong backbone, backbone for me right. of support. So um, that's why I, yeah, contacted yeah. them actually. And um, hmm. Interesting. And you've got, sounds like you've been able to do some interesting work with them. Yeah, yeah. That must be rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I, because their their head office is actually here in Ottawa, um, one of the um, representatives will be there tonight with some more information oh, nice. so yeah. people yeah. can get to know yeah. how they can help too. So you said this is uh, attached to a CD release that's coming, forthcoming. Yes, yeah. Um, what, what's, uh, is there a, a through line with the CD? Is it something that, that you, sort of a theme or, or feeling that you're trying to, to uh, give across or what's the... You know, wh where are you coming from with this one? This is, what, is this your third? Um, this is my fourth. Fourth. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's called Libre, meaning mm -hmm. free. And uh, the original um, kind of idea was I wanted to incorporate the African influences, like from my mom's side and from having those, you know, travels there. So I had reached out to um, to Donna Roberts, who will mm -hmm. be with me tonight, and another um, uh musician and multi-instrumentalist um, Waleed Abdul Hamid mm -hmm. um, who's from Sudan and uh, we did some collaborations and did some songwriting and so some of the songs are on there but then I realized that I was also meeting other people and wanted to kind of and wanted to have the freedom to to not just make it okay an African influenced album so mm -hmm. it ended up opening up to having Kelly Lee join me um, there was a an artist, um, Guadalupe Urbina, who was here from Costa Rica and had invited me to perform with her. And I loved kind of the duet we did. Mm -hmm. So she ended up on the album as well. Yeah. And then Kevin La Liberté, who I've been working with as my guitarist for over 15 years, yeah. um, he and I have always been co-writing. So we've got songs from that. And um, he ended up producing the album, which is, um, I feel like it's more personal because at the time when I started writing uh, the music, I was really kind of questioning my own um, uh, identity, I guess, as a mom and as an artist. Right. And um, and I and at the same time, I had friends like Kelly Lee and another friend Sharon who were going through a lot of challenges themselves, and I was really inspired by their courage. So um, I think that's kind of a theme um, in the album as well, like finding strength. And so. Um, Recently, you know, in the, in the past several months, people have started having conversations in the music industry about um, about the term world music. Oh. Where, where do you fall on that spectrum? Like, as far as you do, you, do you embrace the term, or do you think it should be something else? It's just too too broad, or where do you fit? You know what? That's such an interesting question. Um, I used to work in radio, um, hosting a Latin jazz show, and they, some people would like at the beginning when I first took on the job, they were sending me all these definitions like, "What is Latin jazz?" And so I, labels kind of freak me out a little bit because right. you know that idea of like people want to be able to put you in a box. But I think that world music is a is a very broad broad term, but it is hard to. I always find it hard to classify what my music is because people will say no it's not really I'll, I'll say latin jazz but right. this latest album isn't really super jazzy <laughs> right. and so for the latin jazz connoisseur they wouldn't agree it's got more of a pop sensibility but it does have those different influences from different parts of the world so like i do use that term world right. music but right. yet it's not like i've done conferences you know where, where it's specifically world music and i know my music isn't uh really considered um that sort of um I, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say authentic world music, but it's got those different 
elements and influences. But everything and influences. Yeah. But would a world music connoisseur <laughs> think right. that mine is that? Right. So it's it's yeah. It's interesting because it's like you say it is a really broad box. The same way that the, just the term jazz is, but people who are in the like the heart of jazz, they have actually quite a, a clear idea of what they think jazz is. Right. Right. Like it's very defined. Whereas for someone like me who just doesn't, I don't play jazz. It's not you know. I think of jazz as a very wide and open and and almost in a way embracing term. Um, you know. And but but with world music, I think some of the debate too has been about um, whether or not we shouldn't be um, sort of you know just with one brush saying anything that's not. Canadian or Americana or fits into our pop sensibility is world. Um, you know, some people I think have also said that about the language. If it's not um, in English language, it's it fits into world music, and that feels a bit broad for me. Yeah, right, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, well, and on this album, like I've got um, Donay singing in Malagasy, and I'm singing in Spanish, and then there's some little bit of English in it too. So, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's hard it to hard. define. It is hard. Yeah, and then and then also like the musicians that I'm working with are Canadian. So does yeah. that mean that it's not like right? Yeah, you know, there's artists that are, have influences from all over. So in a way, I guess maybe it's it's. I don't know, anyways, it's it's just a debate that I hear kind of bubbling up more and more with people about whether this is the right term or if we should be more clear in our our definition. But then there's lots of artists who say, but then you can't define me. You know, like, I have all these influences that influence my work. But anyway, um, I hope you have a really wonderful show tonight. Thank you. I'm really pleased that it's that it's sold out for you. And, and it'll be a really nice room, I think, tonight. And, and it's going to feel very warm. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you're back at the National Arts Centre. So thank you for taking the time. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Good. Thanks for listening to We Love Canadian Music. If you like what you heard, subscribe to the podcast. We hope you'll give NAC Presents a like on Facebook and find us online by searching for NAC Presents. This has been a National Arts Centre podcast. Send us your comments and questions. Email us at nacpodcasts at gmail.com. Visit the podcast section of the iTunes store, where you can rate and comment on this podcast. We love to hear from you. Remember, you can find more great NEC podcasts at necpodcast.ca or search on National Arts Centre on iTunes and subscribe for free. Until next time, goodbye from Canada's National Arts Centre.